Hi there, I'm Mandy Yakut from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Hi there and welcome to Creative Matters episode 34. Today I'm talking to Rosemary Eagles. Rosemary is an established contemporary New Zealand artist inspired by a deep appreciation of nature and the beauty of Aotearoa New Zealand. Rosemary's abstract and realistic paintings capture vibrant impressions of native trees, plants and flowers and strata land formations with an unrestrained use of texture and colour, depicting her expressions of these different environments and the things within them, discovered on her walks and travels around New Zealand. Many of Rosemary's recent works depict Manaka trees in Tafranui, where rolling land meets the sea. This regional park is a treasured place for Rosemary, and the Manaka trees are a special source of inspiration. From the simplest form of a single flower bud, says Rosemary, through to the wonderful rock formations on our coastal beaches, bursting harakeke flax flowers with chocolate brown pods, to the wild and free-flowing toy-toy on our west coast beaches. Just stopping and taking another look opens up endless fresh painting inspirations. Hello, Rosemary. Hi, Mandy. So nice to see you. Yes, good to see you too. It's been um, a while getting the connection together with um, lots of attempts, but not quite getting there, and now we've made it. Yeah, we finally made it. So, yeah, yeah, COVID has definitely interrupted our our flow, but here we are. So uh, welcome to Creative Matters. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. So shall we start right at the beginning? And can you tell us um, where you were born and what kind of childhood you had and um, what sort of child you were? All right. Um, Rightio. Well, I was born in Wellington and our family came up to Auckland when I was about 13. I've got three sisters. I... I would probably consider myself to be the most creative out of the three sisters. I'm the middle sister. Um, and just, uh, I guess I had a really normal New Zealand Kiwi upbringing. Yeah. Um, lots of family holidays, um, camping, caravanning around New Zealand, mm. just a, a good solid Kiwi upbringing. Mm. And what were your parents like? Um, well, from a creative point of view, I wouldn't say my parents were creative people. They um, always believed in my creativity, which is really good. Uh, they um, they always thought that maybe I was one of those kids that if I, you know, with my high schooling, if I spent more time on my other subjects other than art, but the other subjects might have got better grades. <laughs> I seem to focus a lot on the arts. So. Yeah. And were you one of those kids who was always making and creating? And always. 
Always making and creating. Yeah. And what kind of stuff? You know, when I um, said I would say that I would come along and talk about myself and my art practice, it really got me thinking about my creative journey right from the age of about eight. I remember things like getting a bowl, filling it with sand and going to the beach and making a sand garden. I remember probably one of my biggest memories is going to Mount Monganui Beach and collecting shoals at the base of the mountain and uh, my mother would buy their wooden boxes and I would glue all the, all the beautiful shells onto the box and varnish them and I'm not quite sure how many jewellery boxes I made and I remember that really clearly. I think it's because that stayed with me in my bedroom for years and years. Mm. So I was always sort of gathering and collecting bits and pieces and sticking them on things. And, mm. and you're obviously, even at yeah. that early age, thinking creatively and noticing things. Yeah, and but credit to my family, well, particularly my mother, she, she was the one that went out and bought the wooden boxes and gave me the project to do. So, yes. Mm, that's nice to feel supported. Yeah. Hey? And then when I... When I sort of got into my high school years, I got really carried away with macrame hangings um, for pots and I would, with jute and big wooden beads, big colourful wooden beads, I guess that was a 70s thing. Mm. And it's all come back now, hasn't and it? It's all, yes, it's all come back yeah. now and I probably could make some um, more of them, um, but don't have the time. But I, I spent hours making macrame pot hangers mm. and selling them. So mm. always sort of working with my hands, um, quite tactile. Um, yes, that's yeah. probably – yes, I was yeah. creative as a child and I'd always be drawing and things like mm. that too. Yeah, mm. it's very cool. And yeah. uh, in high school, how did you go with art? Were you obviously taking the art subjects? I definitely took all the art subjects. I um, – I did really well at art. I feel as though probably my um, that definitely was my strength. Um, yeah, and I did. Well how at did art. you find art? You know, being such a creative soul, how did you find that sort of more formal approach to art through high school? I guess I didn't know any different. They would set you a, a project or a task or um, it wasn't until probably sixth form that you could get a little bit more creative on what you wanted to do and you could extend on a subject. Um, so I guess that's the journey of learning how to work through a process. Mm. And that's what they teach you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, yeah. You, and you and I went to the same high school. We I say know. girls high school. Well, we, <laughs> we were just discussing that. And, yeah. Um, it's so you know, funny. both my sisters, I have an older sister and a younger sister, Jane and Claire. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I, I know Claire. I'm, I'm, I know Claire from high school, I remember, mm -hmm. and um, we were just talking about this, and Jane and I are friends, so we are connected. Mm -hmm. So how did, you, how did you find out about me? Did you, how did you, what made you approach me to talk about um, this I think podcast? that Jane, your sister, did recommend that I talk to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, which okay. is nice. But I've been familiar with your work through Art by the Sea. So okay. uh, I was quite intrigued to meet you and hear mm -hmm. all about your practice. So, yeah, here we all are. Right. Here we are. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Finally. Okay, so um, through high school you obviously, you know, did well with your art subjects. And then where did you go from there? So after high school I – I guess I wavered a little bit. I had, didn't have a lot of direction and I felt as so, though um, 
I didn't feel as though being creative was actually going to set me on the right path. So I ended up working um, in advertising and marketing for local newspapers, The Star and the North Shore Times Advertiser years ago. Um, and that's when I, and then I went off traveling overseas for two or three years. And when I came back, I worked for the Auckland Star, and that's when I started saving up to put myself through art school. Mm, so wow. that was when I was about 25. I went to Whitecliffe for School of Art and Design. So over that time, <clears throat> excuse me, between high school and, and going to study, were you actually continuing to make or were you starting to develop some sort of practice of your own? Probably not. I was partying. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a really good social time. So I think probably my art was on the back burner at that period yeah, of my life. Yeah. I don't think I really realised how much I needed art. Mm, you needed to party more. <laughs> I think I needed to party more. <laughs> yeah, I was quite social. So I think and I was flatting with my friends and just hadn't really sort of found that part of me. Mm. Or hadn't re- it hadn't returned to me. Mm. Which is really common, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It takes a while to sort of find it again. Yeah. And what made you decide that you wanted to study art? Um, oh. Well, I – well, I'm actually not quite sure. There just must have been something that was sort of innate in me that mm. realised I wanted to be creative again and um, I, I guess I just followed that feeling I had. mm and you did you actually at that time think you could make that into a career? No, absolutely not. I, I guess I, it could have if I went and worked for a company that um, did something creative, but I guess I always thought I wanted to work for myself somehow and I couldn't really see how – and I, I feel as I never really had any guidance as to how that could work out in the real world mm. so I um no not really I I feel as though I um I think I almost stumbled across things as as, as they evolved mm. it's yeah. often the way at that age especially yeah. yeah and so um and I think that's very common for people who who go to study art they're not necessarily sure that they're going to make a a career out of it and sometimes especially with our age group the the parents aren't necessarily engaged well yeah. they are engaged you know they want the best for you but they I don't think my parents kind of gave me direction and said mm. go and do that yeah. or this is a good idea for you yeah. or why don't you think about that and I think that generation <sighs> of parents were a, a little bit unsure or sort of a little bit nervous about their children heading down that kind of direction yeah. in some ways. Yeah. I'm sure that, that kind of still path. is the case in so many Unfortunately, families. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So uh, how did you go at, at Whitecliffe? What were you studying? Well, I studied interior design and that led me on to my first job, which was um, working for a company called Gilbert Pari. They were a Wellington-based company and we imported textiles from India in America. And so um, I became involved in buying of fabric and selling fabric to interior designers. Mm -hmm. So that was the path that my interior design took me down. Mm. Um, And then I started getting involved in the buying trips to India and buying rugs and durries 
and choosing product and then you know then when it came back into New Zealand I would sell it throughout the country so that was my role and I did that for about four years wow interesting yeah and did your art your own personal art start developing through that white cliff time yes it did I started doing a little bit of painting at home and um because I was working full-time so it was only uh painting at home maybe in the evenings or doing workshops Mm, that's so good. So I've always, I've always kept the, I've always been really aware of keeping um, education going in the way of um, sort of going to a workshop or a. I've just actually done a ceramics uh, pottery bowl making course, so I'm always sort of tapping into different creative things now. Mm, yeah, I think that's good because it just keeps you. Um, well, I think the interaction with other artists is really good and the div- seeing the diversity of what's out there. For sure. Yeah. And also just kind of going down a bit of a different path can sort of reignite lots of different things within your practice, I find. Oh, of course. And people, you know, I always say to people, if you put a, um, you know, if you had 10 people in a painting class and you put them all together, all with the same subject, they would all come out with a totally different painting. Mm. So it's it's really refreshing to see how other people paint things or or how they interpret the subject or yeah yeah. So I like further furthering my education on yeah. things like that. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so after after your interior design, what yeah. happened then? Well, I, I worked for Gilbert Parry, as I said, and then um, then I went travelling again overseas. And came back, and that's when uh, I came back actually pregnant with our first child, Olivia. So um, my partner Daniel and I, we have three children. And once, um, I guess when I went overseas, I never really worked again for anybody else. So I haven't worked for anybody else ever since, for 30 years. Which is so good. Which is really good. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know whether I could ever work for anybody else. I might be able to one day a week, but I definitely like, my own control over mm. when I do things, um, yeah. And how did you find the the juggle between, <coughs> excuse me, being creative and raising children? Um, that was all right. That was all right. I used to, when the kids were really young, I would put them to bed and I would paint at night for hours, get them to bed, <laughs> six o'clock, and then I would be away painting or finding little snippets during the day of time that I could sort of get a couple of hours in. Or So it, it sort of built up. It built up over five years. Mm. And then the third child, Luke, he went to daycare. <laughs> so I definitely <laughs> got more time in painting then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can be a good way to start a practice as a mum. It can yeah, be. Definitely. Because yeah. I think because you feel as though, you know, already your time's so split and it is a time where you sort of think, well, you, you're a little bit more housebound and you are on a tighter schedule. And so you sort of, I think you just become really efficient as a mother and finding those little time yeah. spots to fit it in. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I mean, for me personally, I, I definitely felt like I needed something of my own or something for myself to feed myself as well as being a mum. So that was kind of my opportunity, I guess, to, to start start my own practice really yeah. at that time yeah mm. exactly yeah so mm. it can be good but it's also hard it's never easy <laughs> yeah well yeah there's pros and cons but I think it's easier working for yourself than somebody else <laughs> yeah most definitely <laughs> I couldn't go back no way yeah. 
Um, so how did your how did your painting what did your painting look like at that time and how has it evolved? Okay, well my first painting um I, I've still got the first painting. It's of a um I went to an oil painting class at night school at Westlake Boys. It's an 8-week evening course and I created a large sunflower painting and it sits in our house. And that once um the oil paints. I was just totally in love with oil painting, the glazing, the 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 texture of it. Just that's what I think. That's what kicked me off with the oil painting because I hadn't done any oil painting until then. Mm. So I just started from there, and I just painted and painted and painted, and I just the glazes with the oils and. The way you could move the oil around the canvas and just just the freedom of oils. Mm, yeah. And, you know, if you made a mistake, you could kind of rub it off with a cloth. And so mm. I really got into rubbing things away and letting them dry and then sanding them off. And, mm. and what was your sort of – what was your theme or what was inspiring you at that time? Nature. Nature. Definitely Nature. It's always been nature. It's always been nature. And I think it's because I spent so much time in my childhood being in nature. And even now I I'm part of a tramping group and we tramp every we tramp twice a year and we um you know, I'm always in my garden. I'm always out um you know, planting or buying, you know, I love form of nature mm. also. Everything's mm. very New Zealand. Yeah. Mm. And that's interesting, yeah. isn't it, that right from the beginning you right started Right from the there. beginning. And have you ever kind of deviated from that? Um, not really, not really. But it's a big subject. Mm. I've got a lot more to cover yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... Um, it's not finished by any means. In fact, just this week I was thinking I might start... Um, doing some landscape paintings again, which I haven't done for quite a while. I love, I guess in my practice, I will always be, um, so if you look back on my website, you'll always see each year a complete change in style. Although it's nature, there's always a completely new subject. And for me, that's how I grow, by by learning every time I have an exhibition. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that on your website. So this last exhibition, I've got a lot of the big um, monstera leaves and things like that. Now that's something that I I did photography of about three years ago, and um, because I do a lot of photography before I paint, and I I just sort of sit on the images, and then suddenly I get a connection and Mm. I'm away. And so um, a lot of this last exhibition was of the monstera leaves and um, and also actually of Tafanui campground and all around that area in the peninsula. Mm. Yeah, where, where where I have spent more holidays. Usually yeah. holidays. Holidays when I get my camera out. Mm, that inspires yeah. you for the next year. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is so great. Mm-hmm. And why do you think you went into the monstera, you know, looking at just one particular plant? Oh, the form. The form is just wonderful. Love the form of it. Mm. Um, I love the holes, the holes in the leaves where you, where the light comes through, or um, 
the size of them. They're just they're just beautiful plants. Mm, they are so really, beautiful. really beautiful. Yeah, we've got a huge one. I saw that yeah. down the driveway. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, they but, look great in a vase. Yeah, they do, don't they? Or, they last or underneath so long. a cheese platter. Mm, yeah, yeah, they're beautiful plants. Yeah. I often put leaves under food yeah, platters. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. And the one that we've got, I mean, it must be, it's probably 30 years old. That looks really old. It's huge and it's climbing a tree as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the seed pods are quite beautiful. Yeah, mm, yeah they're really beautiful. Mm. So um, just for the people mm. who haven't seen your work, and obviously you can see your work on the blog on our website, mm-hmm. um, we've got a range of your work, some quite older, you know, older pieces and, and more current work. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you just describe, obviously, you know, it's it's New Zealand native flora that um, I always Mm -hmm. have to think is it flora or fauna flora that um, really inspires you and that's generally what you that what you work on yeah Um, but can you just kind of describe your work obviously it's abstract Mm. generally So, so when I first started painting I was quite I was more realist and as as I sort of got more involved in my art I started uh, freeing up more and becoming um, more abstract. And so in the last few years, I've actually got to the stage where I realized that painting with oil was too slow for the speed I wanted to work at. And so I bought meterage of linen. I like to work on linen. That I'll come back to that why I like to work on linen in a minute. Um, painting on the floor and putting the whole piece of linen out sort of maybe two metres by a metre and a half, I guess the width of a fabric uh, roll, and um, and actually getting the acrylic and being really creative with it and using squeegees and um, really big arm movements and really expressive art and using a lot of colour and, um, yeah, Mm. Sort of boundless work, and and mm. working on the floor meant that when I was um, using the squeegees, the squeegee can go right off the side of the linen because I mean there was lino down, so I didn't make too much of a mess. Um, but it it meant you weren't sort of restrained by the the outside of the piece of fabric. Mm. And have you do you have it framed that linen? Yeah. So then that then the well, two things. So the idea was to just get little stainless steel tacks and tack it up so it's not on a stretched, structured, formal um, stretcher. Mm. It would be sort of free hanging. And then after that, I started wanting, because the art became quite modern and contemporary. So I sort of thought, right, well, I need to kind of, I feel as though just sort of draping it on the wall or whatever or tacking it up to the wall wasn't, always working so that's when I decided to put it onto aluminium panels and the aluminium panels I had to uh, prepare the aluminium get the aluminium panels cut to size prepare them with different um, surfaces and then glue the linen onto the aluminium and then get my partner Daniel to make a frame that sat on the back of the work but the problem with well it looks amazing terribly labor intensive yeah Terribly labor intensive. It's like I would be exhausted after gluing because you have to get the rollers out because you can't have any bubbles. Mm. Um, and there's there's a lot of unknowns that you're scared it's going to lift off the aluminium. Mm. But actually, I haven't had any problems. 
So do you have to sand the aluminium back? Well, you have to sand the aluminium back. Then you have to put a um, a sealer on it, a non-porous sealer. And then you have to get a special glue that glues the aluminium and the linen. And then you have to roll it on. And you have to just really hope you've got it on right. Mm. And when you're working with really large pieces, maybe a metre by a metre and a half, it's actually quite quite a physical journey. Yeah. So the beauty of the aluminium was with the frame glued onto the back, it sort of ended up being cantilevered off the wall. So mm. it gave a very minimalist look, mm. very modern and contemporary, and it looks great. Yeah. So it would be off the wall by about three centimetres. Looks great. Looks great. Just really labour intensive. Of late, I have moved away from that. So the frame, just carrying on with that a little bit. So there's no frame frame on it. Is is there a little like a frame that goes onto the wall behind the aluminium to hold it? Yeah, like a box that's sort of attached to the back of the aluminium. And you can't see that from the front. No, you can't. And that's in the middle of the picture. So you definitely can't see it from the side either. Yeah, I love the sound of that. It's really cool. Do you actually paint on your linen and then then put it onto the aluminium? Yeah. And you don't? Because and it doesn't damage your work by you know rolling it, rolling it and smoothing it. No, no, Amazing. but you would you working with acrylic. I think that works better if you were working with oil because oil can take six months to dry. I'm not sure whether I would do it with oil. Mm. And have you ever thought of yeah. actually putting the linen on the aluminium then painting? I've done that too. And how does that how does that work for you? Well, sometimes I paint a painting and then I glue it on the aluminium and I think, actually, you know what, Mm, I'm now going to change it. And so then you can change it when it's on the – but I think starting off it's always good to be really expressive and not have those restraints of of borders. Totally. So I love doing that. So then I clawed back from doing that because I was up and down off the ground and my knees were hurting and I sort of this is just really, really hard work. And I've gone back to – which is where I began. I've clawed back a little bit in size for work. Maybe I might go a metre by a metre square now or a metre 20 square. And I get my um, frames made from Studio Art Supplies in Crummer Street, Ponsonby. Mm -hmm. And Dean um, stretches me linen on top of my stretches, not canvas. I like Mm -hmm. linen because it's, it's got a natural slub. And it's a far more interesting surface to work with rather mm. than just a a a uh, formalized uh, canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just with my yeah. thread paintings, I've been using linen and yeah, painting so on nice. those with but my embroidery, and it's actually beautiful. Linen is beautiful. It's just it's probably just a lot more expensive to use. Mm. But um, once you've swapped over to linen. I just don't think I can ever buy a canvas mm. anymore. Just it a, feels very different to paint on, doesn't yeah. it? It's just got a beautiful, you know, it's just got a beautiful sort of slub. Mm. And I think I, the reason I do enjoy that, because I've been in the textile industry, yeah, and it all comes back to beautiful fabrics. That's right. So it's sort of your journey. You know, maybe if I hadn't have worked with textiles and um, appreciated beautiful linens and natural cottons, I might not have found the linen canvas yeah I don't know absolutely I mean yeah. I'm, I think all of those things inform you yeah. know what you end up doing yeah they do. and um they do do you think your work would look different if it was on a canvas um I'm I'm sh- well I think it would just look more ordinary mm. do you feel like you get a sense of the linen in a painting oh yes definitely yeah. mm. 
It's got a lovely texture. I think with the oils, it's even more beautiful, which is why in the last, um, probably in the last six months, I've revisited oils. So I'm now working oils and acrylics. Mm, Which is interesting, isn't it? We were just saying before the podcast, you know, often people start with acrylics and then kind of move on to oils and never go back. But it's interesting that you've started with oils, came to acrylics. But I think there was a speed thing. Because with my work, I, I I had these blocks of time, and I just wanted to get more done. And and acrylic paintings of um, acrylic paints, sorry, have come so far. With you know, then they do look almost like oil. Paint. Yeah, and they're still beautiful to use. Yeah, the only thing about acrylics, you don't get those beautiful glazes mm. that you get with oil. Mm. So I just think as long as I don't mix my brushes up, because you can't do that, and you can't paint oil and then put acrylic on top, you've always got to start with acrylic and then put oil on top. Mm. Otherwise it will peel off. So are you, <laughs> I've been there. Are you starting to do to, to use both types of paint in one well, painting? Some, yeah, sometimes I might start with the basic painting acrylic because I want to get you know work quite quickly and get the feel of it, and then I move on to oil. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I've never tried that. Yeah. Should have a go, really. Yeah. I? I think it's I think it's really important as an artist just to keep experimenting with different ways of presenting your work. Mm. Um in different sizes. Mm. Different sizes. Yeah. Um I've never really painted anything too small. You like that sort of bigger gestural. Uh, yeah, and the freedom. Movement. The freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and like you said, you know, continuing to kind of upskill and and try mm. different mediums and different tools mm. is really good because it mm. can inform your practice in a way that you never expected. Often. Yeah, and also I think when you paint, not to have a um, a lot of my work, I don't have a pre. You know, if I'm doing an abstract piece, I just flow with it. Mm. I don't have a. I don't go into the studio and think this is what I'm going to achieve today. This is how it's going to look. I'm totally more. I'm just going to enjoy this process and just see where this takes me. Mm. And so, and at the end of the day, if it's no good, I can go over it the next day. Yeah, exactly. Or or another thing I love to do is paint something, and then if I'm not happy with it completely, but there's a little pocket in there that I sort of think, oh gosh, you know, I really love that. I pull that bit of old painting through to my new painting. So I, you know, it it and to me, it's almost almost like sometimes a mistake can end up being something that's so special or some little bit of detail mm. in, in your painting that turns out to be something really special. Mm, Just I a special it. little part. Yeah. It doesn't have to, you don't have to, t- you know, if you make a mistake or you're not happy, you don't have to take it all away. Yeah, I think that's a really good tip to give people. Mm, mm. Totally, yeah, mm. absolutely. And that's the lovely mm. thing about abstract painting. It's quite experimental and, and things yeah. happen yeah. without you intending yeah. them to happen and, yeah. it, and it takes you down a whole new mm. journey, Yeah, which mm. that's what I love about it. Mm. Yeah. And not also putting time frames on a painting. If a painting, some paintings might take me 15 hours and I love it. Another painting can take me 45 hours and I'm still not happy with it. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's interesting. So, um, yeah. Mm. So um, when you when you are working on something that's abstract, you know, it'd be really interesting to kind of dive a bit deeper into your process. Mm-hmm. Do you um, do you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to just make an abstract work with these kind of colours and see what happens, or are you thinking, you know, I'm kind of heading towards a landscape, or I have been inspired by my time at Tafranui, or mm. you know, how how do you actually oh, begin I always, that process? I, I always have. 
a throwback to some photography I've done. It could be a colorway. Uh, it could be um, the feeling I get from a place I've visited. Um, it could be the the form of something I've seen, which um, can is, I think just without even realizing it, you sort of there's always a connection back to nature. So um, I couldn't just sort of if someone gave me five colors and said just go for it. I would definitely I would definitely be blending and mixing colors to get a certain color theme going or something that felt good. Mm. Yeah. And then often with that abstract work yeah. it becomes quite uh, it, it has a real reference to land or absolutely nature. absolutely. Yeah. Every single painting is like that. Mm. So is mm. it just that sort of aspect of horizon or what makes you feel like there's that connection with a landscape? Well, it would be photography. So um, in the weekend, I did some more photography of clouds and very um, hazy horizons. So all those color schemes, all the colors in that will come into my next painting, which I'm going to start this week, Mm. which is a big painting. Mm, Exciting. Yeah. And can you talk us through how you would actually manage that? What what is your process from beginning to end? Um, I usually start off with charcoal on my work when I – get my basic sort of composition right. And you should get a good coat down of paint that often will change completely, but I always like to get rid of the white canvas, especially when it's really big. Mm. And, and is that colour sort of related to what you're working on or do you have a favourite colour to that start That colour will definitely come through in the painting. Yeah. It just might not be the main colour. It just yeah. might come through from the background somewhere. Mm. And how do you choose which colour? It just feels right. It just, it just says something to you. Mm. Mm. And so what happens after yeah. the underpainting? Okay, so we might do that in acrylic or I might do it in oil, probably acrylic. And then I just, um, I guess I just start. And then I will probably do a couple of hours and then I'll put it up um, on the wall and I keep looking at it and I'll probably go off and do something else and then might even come back three days later and think, ah, that's what I need to do next. Mm. And it's just um, it's just a process mm. that you can't put a time. I can't go in there and think, right, I'm just going to get this sorted today. Mm. Just keep going back at it, little bits at a time, getting rid of things I don't like, pulling old things through, just, hmm. And what kind of tools do you use? Um, well, I've got a quite a diverse range of um, um, brushes and very big squeegees that could be sort of probably about 40 centimetres long, big rubber squeegees, so I can sort of squirt the paint onto the squeegees and then I just run it across the work. Um, I've got a wide range of, of little sort of spatula brushes um, that are rubber also, I've got big brushes, really big fat brushes that would be the size of almost a tennis ball. Um, brushes are actually really, really expensive, so they're sort of like when you shout yourself a brush, it's quite exciting. Mm. Um, and rags, sort of getting in with rags and rubbing things off, and you know, it's about experimenting mm. really. And do you do that with acrylic as well or just with yeah, the oil? Yeah, I do. But you can actually buy mediums that go into acrylic that 
give you an extra few hours of flexibility with the paint before it dries. Mm. So, um, yeah, definitely. And, and if it's thick enough, you can really get in there and scratch it away and, mm. and move it around. But, you know, you do need to use quite a bit of paint. Yeah, yeah. And I do love going into art shops and thinking, I'll just go in for one tube. <laughs> and I've come back, come out with sort of six tubes, and I'm can't wait to play with those colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do get very, I mean, very excited about painting yeah. colours and blending and colours, and never really using colours that are in the tube, but putting other colours with them, and mm. just just getting colours that are that are a little bit different. And do you ever use a, a colour palette like in um, on the side, or do you do most of your blending on the on the linen? Both, both. Mm. Both, mm. and some of it's just um, I put it onto the tool I'm using. Like if I was using that squeegee, I might put um, sort of like a cerise pink down and some white and a grey, and then when I put it on the canvas, it it blends through. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. beautiful. So just yeah, yeah. I love just watching being that rich kind of and thing. expressive. Yeah, but, um, not unlike sort of you know Jackson Pollock. He used to sort of. Slap that paint around, and mm. yeah, and also yeah. Um, I think Judy Miller, New Zealand artist. Yeah, Judy Miller. So she she would she, she uses the same um, well, or I use the same squeegees as her. I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I have looked at her work a lot over yeah. the years. Mm, it's really beautiful, and I yeah. think you know one of She's my favorite, some huge sculptures. She does massive works, but I love um, I love watching YouTube videos of, of artists working. I know. I just find, you know, it, it just gives you so much more appreciation for yeah. the work when you've seen I know. their process. It's fascinating. Mm. And Gretchen Albrecht with her big um, sponges, I think it's sponges or, or big brushes on, on long sticks, Yeah, you know, and she yeah. works on the floor as well and really yeah. big often. And, yeah, it's fascinating to watch. I know. It's great. It's yeah, good fun. I love it. And I uh, I went to a course with Richard Adams at Brown School of Art in January. Okay. And he he has this amazing um, outdoor studio, which is you know he uses the the fence behind him to to get the paint off his get brushes. Yeah. And, oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. Sort of slaps him on the fence. Yeah, which is really okay. cool. And the fence is like this beautiful artwork in itself, and it's just inspired me. You know, while I'm building my own studio in the garden, yeah. to have like a big workbench outside. Which yeah. I can just go really big with really big mm. tools, lots of paint. I think that's a good idea. I just around. think you have to be careful of like leaves and bugs and things yeah. like that, that and dust that actually you think they're not out there, but they mm. are out there, those yeah. bugs. And Mirawai, definitely there's lots of bugs. But so um, just, maybe that will add to, add to the artwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, during uh, the first lockdown in COVID, I set myself up under – our big umbrella outside, and it was beautiful sitting out there in the garden painting. Mm, mm. Yeah. And do you ever do, do any sort of plein air work where you're sitting at a with a uh, no an easel? No, I would take the photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're um, you're you're moving to abstract from more realistic works. Do you think that you'll you know start peppering in some more realistic work? Yeah. So the last exhibition. If you look at um, just jumping back to the uh, Tafanui Peninsula uh, work, a lot of it is abstract, but I have linked it a little bit more closely to putting a little bit of realism in there with uh, the Manuka trees. And it's 
it's kind of clawed it back a little bit from being quite so abstract. I've, you know, it's, and I think I will keep hitting maybe a little bit more realistically again. Mm. I um, huh? You, you know, it just depends. You know, if I if I wake up one morning and I think, oh my god, I just really want to be expressive. Out comes the roll of fabric on the floor, or the linen. Um, if you know, if I don't really feel like painting, but I feel as though I've got to use my time, I might paint edges of my canvases. Mm. There's always something to do for mm. whatever mood you wake up in. Um, mm. Sometimes I just feel like sitting really quietly and just doing detailed work. So, um, you know, my last exhibition, I definitely clawed back a bit and became a little more like abstract expressionism, really. So my last exhibition was my 20 years of painting. Really? And being it out by the sea. Wow. So you've been with them mm. for that long. So for 20 art, years. Art by the Sea is a it, beautiful gallery. Yeah, it's in a Devonport. beautiful gallery. And Mike and Linda are the most wonderful, wonderful, supportive people um, and very, very passionate. And how amazing that you've yeah. been with them for so long. Yeah. Well, they own the business, oh, I think it's about. 15 years, and before yeah, before that there was a lady um, in Devonport. But anyhow, they've now come to Takapuna. I don't know whether you know that. Oh, no, I didn't. So they have got a wonderful um, location. Now they're right on the corner of Lake Road down by the Bruce Mason Theatre. Oh. And so if you're coming up from the wharf end at the northern end of Takapuna mm. Beach, you would walk straight into the front doors. I know what you mean, yeah. Beautiful window space. Nice. So many people walking past. The gallery mm. is sort of lovely, modern and contemporary. And it's a beautiful space That's for me great. to be in. I'm and feeling just, quite smug about you've it. You've just I gone think with it's, them. You know, I think it's just the best gallery mm. in Auckland. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's lasted yeah. so long too. It's amazing. Oh, but that's because um, Art by the Sea, I think that's just so passionate about art and artists, artists yeah. and the artist's journey. Mm. Yeah. And so how did you, I mean, we're kind of skipping around. I know, yet. we are jumping all over the place. I'm <laughs> sorry. Right. I have no. so much to say. I bet you do. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> well, let's um, let's go. We'll, we'll talk a bit about the, the gallery and your more commercial side of your business um, soon. Okay. So... Um, can we go back to your to your art? Um, so obviously you've said you know you're responding to Tafranui in particular. So yes. why why is that place so important to you? Well, I it's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's got to be the most beautiful landscape and that peninsula and the beaches and and I guess everything every time I go there it's it's about relaxing and holidays and fun times mm, and family and family yeah. and family and that's north, and our, north our family have been there with us um they'll come with us if we go out for the day and take a picnic um it's just it's just got a beautiful feeling about mm. it and um a lot of walks on that peninsula as well yeah it's There's kiwi there and that's um what that's like forty five or an hour from Auckland. Yeah. North. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful well, spot. And it's, it's a marine not even reserve. that far. Oh. It's probably an hour and a quarter. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um I do do gravitate a lot to the ocean and the beach and we've got a batch at Tyra and um got beautiful you know, we've got a beautiful bird reserve behind us with um, beautiful grasses and putakawa trees and things like that. Mm. So I'm very much a beachy type outdoor mm. yeah. person. And that's where I get my energy from. Yeah. 
And it's you can definitely see that where I get in your my work. energy from. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. you have kind of, I know you've done a few commissions for somebody which was flowers. Yeah. Um, so you have kind of gone down that more realistic route with, with flowers. Yeah. Um, and with other sort of individual plants as well. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you're still interested in pursuing that kind of work? Um, well, I do an awful lot of commissions, but because commissions, uh, they, you know, there's a lot more pressure with commissions, to be honest. And I think whatever anybody, you can never, rip, if somebody's seen a piece of your work and they love it, it's never what, you know, unless they buy that piece, the next piece is, is never, ever, ever going to be the same, but it will just have its own point of difference. So I... I like to do commissions, but they do make me a little bit nervous because I because people don't know quite exactly what they're getting. Mm, yeah. So I think they have to look at my website and and be really clear about my styles and give me a really good brief, and then we're fine. Mm. And what what would happen if somebody gave you a, a photo of a place that means something to them that mm-hmm. you are not familiar mm-hmm. with? Could you ever kind of respond to somebody else's inspiration? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, however, if it had something like a boat in it or us, you know what I mean? It's I would I would turn it away if I felt as though I just I'd rather turn it away than than mm. accept that commission. Mm. Or maybe recommend a different artist. Yeah. But um It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is a tricky one, uh, because people put a lot of faith in you. Mm. So, um, and do you find sometimes with commission work that you're losing a little bit of your own self, or do you still just paint in the way that you want to respond to whatever their inspiration mm. is, and then you take it to your own place, and then they can decide if they if they like it? Mm. Well, I'm sure you must, uh, uh, and I'm sure I do. You, I mean. Yeah, I think you probably do, but you sort of block that out. Mm. You have to sort of mm. park it. It's tricky. I mean, I think mm. we've talked about it before in other, with other guests on, on mm. the podcast, but just that idea of of being so focused on the final product, I think, is hard for me yeah. because I'm not I'm more sort of experimental, so it's very hard to have a, an end product in mind to work towards for me. Yeah. I'm sure I'm probably the same. Yeah. Um, I have um, the two. I've just um, sent two paintings down to Nelson that I'm really happy with. They um, they felt really good to paint, mm. but that's because they were things I wanted to paint, and I would have painted more work like that anyhow, probably. So, um, yeah, mm. I um, I did do one painting of White Island, which that was really challenging for me, but um, he was happy with it. So I think you can just get really caught up with the emotional side of it if you're not careful. Mm. Just need to relax about it. Yeah, and that's a beautiful <laughs> painting, that the White Island. Yeah, painting. it's not quite like that now. No, no. It's a bit well, covered in ash. Yeah. And so it's maybe it's of, great that he got that painting. Exactly. I mean, it yeah. makes it even more Special, meaningful. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, which is mm. lovely in a way. Yeah. Mm. And I guess people who, who want something, a commission, you know, they've got their own connections to something that they want you to capture which is kind of nice as well. Mm. Yeah. So um, did you want to say anything else about your practice or your process? Um, well, I, I paint in a studio collective, which is in Mount Eden. Um, that's at the top of Mount Eden Road. It's called 8, eight number 8, Space. And um, it's a really good studio space. Um, 
I like to paint. I guess for years I painted at home and it was about six years ago that I thought, actually, you know what, I just need to be getting out more. And so that's when I did some research and I found this collective. Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful space and it's light, it's bright, and um, there's I can go there 24-7. It's only five minutes from my home. Wow. So um, I've been there for six years. And that's been that's been fantastic because I can be messy there too, mm. whereas I can't be quite so messy at home. Yeah, that's um, so good. And so, when we were in lockdown, I painted from home, and I actually quite enjoyed that because I hadn't done it for quite a while. So now I'm sort of thinking that um, I'm going to have two studios. I'm going to because I've got a spare bedroom at home. Um, maybe paint. It's a big room. Um, and I think I might set that up and also have my studio. So because sometimes by the time you get to the studio, even though it's only a five-minute drive, just sit, settling into the new environment to paint in, it's almost like it takes me 45 minutes before I'm actually up and running and in that zone, whereas at home I can probably just whip down the hallway mm. and I can be there a lot quicker if I've got shorter time you know, snippet, you know, shorter time frame. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's in my practice. I think I'm going to do more of that. And mm. I, well, I might even do more oil painting at home and keep my more expressive work for the studio. Mm. So that's a little bit about my practice. Mm, that's um, exciting. And um, just on that um, shared space, how do you find working with other artists nearby? Um, well, the space I have would be about four metres by three metres. And it's petitioned off. Um, so no two artists are the same. It's really interesting. Like So backing onto me, there's a jeweler. And then I have a portrait artist over, over, the, over the other side of the room. Um, so every artist is quite unique. Um, it's really good, actually, to be honest. It's really good because, once again, it, it taps you into what other people are doing. Mm, mm. I've made some really good friends there. Yeah, I think it'd be amazing. I'd and um, and you know, we sit down, and have a coffee, and we yeah. talk about. It's not we don't just talk about art. You know that we've become really good friends, mm. and um, and then we do discuss art too. And we we say, well, you know, why don't you try doing this? Or you know, why don't you just get rid of that completely? You know, like we just start again, or you know, don't you know? It's it's just really good interaction. Mm. Oh, it yeah. would be. I think it'd be amazing. So um, that that's that's been that's been wonderful for mm. me. So good that you found somewhere so close. I know. Yeah, I know. That's brilliant. And so, what does your week look like from Monday to Friday? So, um, I usually paint on a Thursday and a Friday. I keep those days completely free. And on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I run my business called Artworks for Kids, which you know about. So I can tell you a little bit yes. about that if yeah, you'd like. Seen you in that industry yourself. Yeah, I might <laughs> get some awesome. tips. <laughs> you might get some tips, and I might get some from you. <laughs> I have been looking at your art projects, thinking you do some really cool ideas. Thank you, really cool ideas. So um, I started up Artworks for Kids um, ten years ago, and the reason I started it out, a little bit of background to that, I. When my when my children were at primary school, I always felt as though that art was always sort of like done in the last sort of section of the day. Uh, you know, if 
too much was on, art would sort of get cancelled. It, I always felt as though it was never given the space that it deserves in the school curriculum, and it was always sort of shunted into little time frames. And and the school I my children were at um, used to do um, art auctions and things like that, and all the children would paint a piece of art. And then they would do a collaborative piece in the classroom. And I started going in and helping the different classrooms with that because teachers just sort of put their hands up in despair. How am I going to do all these canvases and get this all done for the art auction? Anyhow, I got involved with that and I got involved with the art auction. And I was always under the impression from the principal at the time that he was going to put some of the money that was raised from the um, art auction which in, back into an art room facility at the school and it ended up going on iPads and um, it didn't quite go to where it originally, they said it would go, mm, the money. That's a shame. So I was pretty, pretty upset about that mm. and so that's when I sort of thought, actually, you know what, I'm going to ask if I can just rent a room at the school and start my art classes up. And I started and I run three classes after school on a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. They're two-hour sessions and the kids just come straight down from school and just bring their afternoon tea. Um, I've got it all set up, ready to go and and Wonderful. we create. Mm. And it's it's just gone from strength to strength. Mm, I bet. It's really, really good. Yeah. And people say... Well, I do holiday programs and would I do more classes a week? And it's like, no, I have no time. Mm, that's brilliant. Yeah. I started wondering if maybe I should diversify out and get someone to take more classes for me. Mm. But then I thought, oh, I don't know. Well, you're going down a whole new road. I'm going then. down a whole new road here. Yeah. That means staff. And I said, yeah. but actually, you know what? All I want to do is, is, in fact, taking three classes a week plus my own creative work. I'm busy. That's quite a lot. And all my own house and all the, all my, you know, my three children, you know, just, mm. although, you know, they've almost left home or two of them have, I feel as though there's still the household mm. life that still goes in. Yeah. Or still goes on. And um, I can't really do more than three classes no. a week. And I, you know, when I first started seven years ago with Creative Matters, I was actually teaching nine workshops a week. Yeah. Well, that that's which so much. crazy. And then my mentor said to me, you know, it's too if much. you want to make this into a real business, you need to stop mm. teaching. And I just thought, no, I can't mm. do that. Yeah. I need to be teaching. But I did actually, you know, if I wanted to make a real business of it, I yeah. had to step back and and bring in educators yes. and train them. And then I love the work that I do with them because that's still that sort yeah. of education people thing, but it's yes. slightly removed from the from the actual children or from the class. Yeah. So yeah. it just depends what you – It's whether where, you want to go down that. Yeah, it's where you, where you see yourself fitting in. That's see, right. I'm just really happy to do my three classes a yeah. week, be in, be in total control myself mm. and, and spend that time with the children and – a lot of the children have come for four or five years now. Mm, it's amazing. And I've seen them develop from – they've turned into amazing artists. Yeah, and they're artists, so lucky. And they're so creative. And the community and, is lucky to have you doing that thing, yeah. this kind of thing in the community. Yeah, and that's so in, is that in Mount Eden? It's in Mount Eden. Mm. And um, I, I have times when I feel so proud of their art – 
I think I'm more proud, you know, I'm more proud about it than what the kids are. Mm. You know, I just think they've just, they give me so much joy, yeah. which is why I keep doing it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. And it's a lovely thing to go alongside your own painting. Yeah. So it's kind of like having my eggs in two baskets mm. and it's, it, they sort of, um, they work nicely together. It's mm, perfect. I started thinking maybe I should try and think of a third um, area to sort of get involved in. And so what I'm thinking moving forward is putting some of my work um, into print form, some of my own personal work into print form. Mm. So at the moment I'm researching how to do that and have an online shop attached to this website that I've just had made. Great. Yeah. So that's my goal for this year yeah. to maybe print off um, or create some artworks that I can use to print off mm. and maybe people buy prints. So in the past you've always just had original paintings? Original, always originals. Yeah. Mm. And so what's making you think about prints? Um, well, a few people have mentioned it to me. Why aren't I doing it? And I thought, well, I just haven't had a chance to do it. And maybe, maybe people – uh, who can't afford an, ori- afford an original piece of artwork might be able to afford a $500 mm, print. Which is nice. And so it still gives people to yeah. the opportunity to buy something That's of right. mine. But, you know, not everybody has to have the original. Yeah. So I sort of thought, in the past, I've sort of thought, oh, no, I'm never going to do prints, never going to do prints. But I definitely think there's a market there for them. Mm. So that's um, that's my my goal for this year. To, to get something like mm. that up and running. And I think... Um, which will be my third thing in my basket. Yeah, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think, ask me where I'm going from there because I don't know. <laughs> only three baskets at this stage. Yeah, only three baskets. <laughs> but, I mean, I, like, I do like the idea that you're making your work more accessible. To you know, more people. To more people, which yeah. has got to be a good thing. And, you know, I've got prints, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. I don't and, love and them they any don't always... less than originals. I mean, maybe I do, but I still enjoy them as much. Absolutely, and you know. they don't. And the good thing about um, a print, it doesn't have to be as big as the original either. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a market for that. Yeah, I've yeah. got prints at home. Mm. Yeah, and so. um, well, I just the the guest I had before you mm-hmm. in episode thirty three, John Botton. He's he's print art, so he's a good guy to talk oh. to. Yes, well, he's the man I'm going to be ringing next week. He doesn't know it yet. Oh, well, there you go. Um, he's an he's an Albany. Yeah. I think he's in Albany. Yeah. Yes, someone yeah. recommended that I go and see him. Mm. Oh, well, you can listen to his podcast. Oh, I will, episode. I will. That's fantastic. <laughs> in fact, two people have recommended that he's the best man for the he's job. He's great, yeah. Uh, so I will go and see mm. him. Yeah, well, That's exciting. Mm. And it's nice as an artist to have little goals, I think, to work towards, whether it's an exhibition or, you know, a new project or a new sort of element to your practice, I think oh, is, is just kind of absolutely. keeps you going. And I think what's so important with art is that you do keep developing mm. and you do keep experimenting mm. and you do, just because something is a winner that you paint and you can sew a lot of it I sort of have never been a person that would go down that track I mm. sort of always for my own journey I have to keep exploring new ideas so I think my advice to new artists is just don't think you've got to find something that you've got to sell a lot of it's going to be far more interesting for you if you just keep Choosing new things and experimenting and growing. Mm. You know, don't don't get caught in what sells well. Yeah, and also, I think a lot of artists do do that. Yeah, which is I, I understand why they would. You know, it is it's a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. Mm. But um, you know, and I love the way as an artist you kind of work and ex- well, for me, I explore different techniques and materials and te- uh, 
approaches, I guess. Mm. Well, you've done um, jewellery and everything, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. And, and they all kind of, looking back over the last 25 years, it's, they actually do connect they way do. more than I thought they did. Yes. So when I went and did my Six Bowls in a Day course, which I could thoroughly recommend, um, you know, we were, you know, when I was painting the inside of the bowls, I realised, oh, my God, this is how I paint on linen. Yeah. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. Which is nice. And just mm. giving yourself the freedom to kind of head off in another direction mm. can be great. And it's still part of your body of work. Yeah. 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 So just going back to the commercial side, we talked okay. a little bit about your, your gallery, Art by the Sea, mm-hmm. um, which you've been connected to for so long. Um, how do you find that idea of, of selling your work and sort of marketing your work um, and, you know, running your website and social media. Do you mm. find that something that you like to do or do you leave that to the gallery? Well, um, I've, as I mentioned briefly, I've just had my new website um, redesigned and what I decided to do, because I had sort of like 20 years of art on my old one and so I sort of thought it looked really need, – it needed a facelift. So I've now got this new art website. So – one of my priorities was on the new website, it had to be something, a website that I could manage myself because in the past I've been um, getting other people to uh, load images on because it was quite complicated and out of date. So being in control of your website, I think, is really, really important. Um, And so I can with my new website and I can just edit and delete and add whenever I like. So that's really, really good. Uh, I, um, I, I'm not the best on Facebook. I really have to force myself to put something on Facebook. I would put an invitation to an exhibition opening on Facebook. Um, Instagram, I prefer Instagram. Um, although it's, it's definitely an area that I should be, in fact, one of my New Year's resolutions was every week I need to load something on there. Have I done that? No. I haven't. So that would be my marketing is probably one of my more weaker. Um, yeah, need, it often is for artists. Um, I've I've been thinking about employing my daughter to be honest because she's always saying, "Mum, I'll I'll put something on," and um, you know. So I have. In fact, I need to reinstate that. Even if I have, to, I need to pay her to do it, and then she will definitely do it. <laughs> but I will do it too. But I, I, um, I'm not somebody who just keeps loading things on for the sake of it, mm. because I think that's quite annoying when you get the same person mm. putting something on every two days, and yeah. it's just another take on the same painting. Yeah, and I find so it's, it's less easy. information is almost more information. Maybe that's people right. will look more closely if I only do it once a fortnight. That's tricky. I mean, there's lots yeah. of schools of thought with that kind of thing. You know, talk to marketing gurus and they'll tell you to be on there every day. But it's tricky. I mean, I find it hard if you don't have anything new to share, then it's quite hard to kind of keep that momentum going. Yeah, it is. And it all takes time. Mm. So by the time you go on to, you know, if you want to load a couple of paintings on and then you want to talk about them and, you know, you, you really, you know, you could spend an hour a week just upgrading your website and tweaking it and, mm. So yeah. uh, there's a time factor there too. Yeah. Um, Art by the Sea are, are really good at marketing me, so um, that's really, really good. Mm. I've never really branched away from Art by the Sea Gallery because I just, because I've always painted originals and I 
I'm doing other things as well. I can't really spread myself. Mm. I'd rather support one gallery and do it well than have three and be a bit flimsy. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. And especially when you have such a deep connection with, with the yeah. people. Yeah. And the way well, I've got a huge loyalty to them. Mm. Huge loyalty. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting, mm. isn't it? And do you ever do competitions or anything like that? No. No. I've been told I should be doing them. Yeah. Well, Maybe I'm, that's my next year's resolution. Yeah. I mean, to get it's interesting. The, It'd be the, good to just try it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just see what um, you think. I should tap into them. Mm. Quite a lot of the podcast guests do them. Yes. It's something I know. I'm not familiar with, but. Um, yeah, they yeah. they really like that process. Too. Yeah, and I guess it gives you another thing to aim towards, mm. another deadline, yeah. which can be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, interesting deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> and do you you have exhibitions mostly most once, most years once a year mm-hmm. at, with Art by the Sea? Yeah, yeah, which is and, great. And um, the gallery, you know, they allocate the whole front of the gallery to that exhibition, so. Um, it's it's quite important to have that exhibition mm. each year because otherwise your work just doesn't get shown. And that's a solo exhibition? Um, pretty much. I've done a couple of joint ones. I did one with um, a wood sculptor. I asked if he'd do that with me. His name was uh, John Allen. Mm. And that was really successful. That was a that was fun. Mm. And I because I had so much um, um, space and time to do it, I he um well he finds beautiful bits of uh Putakawa wood and he polishes them back and then i then i took the inspiration of the wood the driftwood and um put that into my paintings mm, so beautiful. My, so the exhibition worked really beautifully mm, together yeah i love the yeah. sound of that it was really a really good exhibition that was a joint one i've done a couple but um, I find with my work it's quite bold, and so I ha- I need to have someone who's quite who's got quite strong work mm. to go with it. I mm. can't put a little fiddly flowers with it, you know. Yeah, it needs something with good form and structure. Mm. And when you have an exhibition to work towards, how do you figure out, you know, what you're painting, and and do you come up with a theme, or or does the gallery tell you a theme, or how how do you work? Um, it? I come up with a theme. I come up with a theme. But sometimes that theme spins off the last year and that I get a bit of the last year's theme coming through into the... So I'm thinking about landscape this year. And I'm... But I know that I have done landscape in the past, so I'll pull thing. You know, you, you start pulling bits of previous year's mm. work into your current work mm. without even realising it. Mm. And do you kind yeah. of thread... The paintings together with something like color, or as well as as theme, or um, what I do try and do is have a variety in in the work. So I might have two or three abstract pieces, some realist pieces, and just kind of get a mix. They often just naturally becomes a bit of a theme coming through. Sometimes I have a very bright piece. That is sort of a little bit of a wow factor piece, mm. and that that is a little bit deliberate. Mm. Something that pings. Mm. That's mm. great, and it's so good that yeah. you're having yearly exhibitions. I, I mean, know. that really just kind of keeps you going, doesn't it? It just does keep. Well, it means I have to keep going. Yeah, which is <laughs> I have good. to keep going because I can't disappoint, and yeah. I don't want to disappoint, and I I love it. I just 
the key for exhibitions for me is to get an early start. Get an early start on it. There's nothing worse than mm. being on the back foot. Yeah. And yeah. Um, racing for time. Mm. Even if wonderful. it takes a year to get that body of work together. But it's just nice yeah. to have that that end goal, I guess. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's good to have goals. And um, I'd love to know which artists actually inspire you. Mm. Well, um, I love Virginia Fisher, her work. I um, when I was doing my abstract um, my abstract work, I loved Jackson Pollock. I love Julian Smith, who's a graphic artist. I'm quite broad, quite mm, broad. Mm. Yeah, quite broad. And just any- because it just because it's not how I paint, I yeah, I can still have a really good appreciation for the skill of what other people do. Mm. And the different techniques. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it that you love most about what you do? Um, probably the freedom. The freedom. I'm here now. Yeah. I'm here now. <laughs> and I don't have to, yeah, I don't have to paint if I don't want to paint. And when I do paint, it's because I really want to paint. Mm. I can be my own person. Be. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I've, Always thought I've been really blessed that my job is what I'm passionate about and it's what's in my heart. Mm. So I don't know how many people can say that about their jobs. Yeah, I think Mm. if you have that, you're very, very lucky. Yeah, I I, I really, I think we're few and far between Mm. if we've got that. Mm. And I think that's what we have to aim for, all of us. Yeah. Or more of us. And I think, I actually think that... Mandy, more and more people are doing that. Mm. I think they're actually really stopping and thinking about what makes them feel good about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe COVID, you know, that is the upside of, of this terrible pandemic and all the terrible things that are happening in the world. I think yeah. people are reassessing how they're living their lives. And what's what's life about. Yeah, what's important. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess uh, – the you know having your family around you and um, being able to paint and to be able to be expressive and not have time frames and I've been quite blessed with my partner Daniel who has never told me to do anything other than paint he's been amazing so thank you Daniel <laughs> um yeah I just mm. think I'm really grateful mm. for. And just being able to it paint. Happen. And Ma- you've probably taken yeah, a few risks it, yeah, along the way. Yeah, and making it happen because, yeah. you know, you've got to make it happen. Yeah, and you still have to be quite proactive and self-disciplined and all those you things. You do have to be self-disciplined. Yeah. And you've got to have some sort of um, practicality about you too to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Because you can paint away, but then you might not ever get it out there in the marketplace. Mm. Mm. But yeah. maybe for some people that's okay. Yeah, that's right. They don't paint to sell. Mm. Which is okay too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well. All right. We need to kind of finish off, but um, okay. I'd love to know. Apart from your, you know, new sort of current projects, like your print, getting prints made and that mm. kind of thing, what can you see sort of longer term as in the future for you? Hmm. It's a big question. Probably. Um, well, I'm always going to be keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to keep exploring. Um, I imagine we'll probably move out of Auckland in a few years' time where I will 
build a new studio and have an even bigger workspace. Um, I'm just open. I'm just open to whatever comes my way. Maybe, you know, you just don't know what's around the corner. So no. just I just want to be open and flexible and I want to share my art with people. Mm. Yeah. And I imagine you'll keep painting till the day you die. I'm going to keep painting. Might not be so big, the pieces, but mm. I am going to keep painting yeah. and, and you exploring. Love it. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But what I have found with this um, podcast, it's been interesting because it wasn't until you asked, Mandy, asked me to do this podcast that I actually stopped and thought about, oh, my journey in the last 25 years has been huge to get to where I've got. Mm. And it's been a long journey. And um, I think having a website that was so out of date, it made me realize how how that journey has come about. And so having having this podcast has really made me think about, about that journey. Mm. Yeah, it's oh, been really good. good. So yeah. I think um, this opportunity has been super cool. Oh, that's great. So thank thank you. you. And it's been so lovely to finally yeah. meet you. We have t- had a few aborted attempts with the COVID mm. isolation situations Mm. but yeah it's lovely to meet you and um, thank you so much for sharing your journey Mm. which is really inspirational and um, I love your work and uh, yeah lovely to meet you Mm. and good luck with creative matters thank you so much it's a fantastic concept thank you yeah okay thanks Rosemary